0: Our spiritual walk. So as you're turning back to Ephesians chapter 6, just as a little review, remember that the armor that we're looking at is, is a symbol. Uh, really it modifies the, the principles and attributes uh, that God lays out throughout scripture, which is for our spiritual warfare here in the real world. Um, that's the, 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 the truth of God's word, the truth of the Bible, reveals to us that we live in a physical and spiritual world. Um, so many people don't quite understand that. They think that this is all there is. We're here in flesh, we die, we're buried, and, and that's that. And that's the great mystery that's revealed, right, that we see in, in the beginning of Ephesians, that, that we're, we're spiritual beings. God has designed us to be eternal spiritual beating, beings, and so the Bible's clear uh, throughout Scripture, and it's very clear here. We we know when when we're looking at something that's uh, symbolic or or poetry or allegorical, and, and what we're seeing here is again this the, this symbol of of the armor of God, which which lays out these these essential principles. Why? So that when the missiles come, and the missiles will come because we are in battle. When the missiles come, we can be ready. We don't have to be in fear. We don't have to worry. We can be strong. We can stand clear. Again, let's be crystal clear. We are under... The, the umbrella of, of satanic attack, um, it's real, it's it's very real. Last week we looked at the 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 armor of of, of God, and we we revealed that it's it's not just about like this this belt. That we we're not trying to memorize belts and breastplates and helmets. What we're trying to do is is understand the 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 godly principles that are our true armor like truth truth is our armor uh, we saw some practical examples with with david david before uh, goliath david understand the truth because he understand the truth because he understood god's word that helped him in his his battle with goliath he 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 was a righteous man and, and so that helped was righteous means he follows he listens he obeys to the word of God when you follow listen and obey there will be blessing there there will be a consequence of blessing david understood the gospel he understood that his power and his strength didn't come from himself it it, it came from the lord god him you know almighty we understand and we'll see that that salvation has has an absolute tie-in to, to our armor and our defense. Because God redeems us, He sustains us. We see that this is driven through the Holy Spirit, the, the, the power of the Spirit, which, which comes through our lives. And we saw that with David, and David had the, the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit being in the Old Testament, that it had just come upon him. And so that was his power. It wasn't David. David was a youth and he was fighting a, a massive giant. But, but David understood that it was through the spirit that he would have power. It was that faith. It was David's faith and his understanding of the things that had happened before him that protected David. David had faith in the Abrahamic covenant. God had made a promise to the people of, of Israel and so David didn't have any fear that a, a, a giant or a Philistine army would conquer the Israelites or himself. So he was sure and steady. And then prayer, this, the prayer is the, the ultimate uh, relationship between God and man. This is the beauty of, of the, the, the New Testament, the beauty of we, we don't have a, a, a priesthood that's a mediator. We can go before the throne of God directly. Christ is our mediator, not a man. You don't have to come and pray with me to to commune with God. You can do that directly. And and David had that relationship, which gave him then the confidence. Well, as, as we look at the armor of God in, in, in Ephesians six. Again, I, I, I can't help, but think of things, you know, from a sports perspective and, and, and as a coach. And so as a coach, you, you do a couple things. One is you, you look at the opposition and you understand who they are and you, you know, their place you know, the plays they like to run. And so what you do to get ready for those teams as well, you practice not only your plays, but you practice the plays that are going to defeat their plays. And so I thought as I was looking at this, well, what's the reverse of of the attributes that we see in the principles, truth, righteousness, the gospel, salvations, the spirit, um, faith, and and prayer. if that's our strength well how does satan twist that against us i mean after all that's what god's telling us oops, telling us to do is to use these things and so truth then is going to be twisted by satan how well there is no absolute truth that's what satan is preaching today. There's no absolutes. There's no, there's, there's no real order in the world. And so if there's no order, if there's no truth, then what you have is the satanic attack of chaos. That's what we see literally in our streets today. It, it's chaos. Cause they have no real truth to anchor in. We see that Satan attacks w- with his arrows using or attacking things like righteousness. That's why we're called to be righteous because he's unrighteous. There's no moral standards. There's no moral standards anymore. Who's to say that fornication is wrong? Who's to say that the, the adultery is wrong? Who's to say that homosexuality is wrong? Well, take a look at the ramifications of these things, the consequences. It's destructive. Well, that's what Satan does and unrighteousness creates misery. The gospel then, how does Satan attack and use the gospel? Well, there's two primary ways. One either, you know what, here's the gospel, we're all saved, right? We're all saved. So you don't really have to like have any absolute against biblical standards because we're all saved anyway, or just the denial of hell. Well, there is no hell, so you don't have to, you don't have to worry about being saved. Remember what does saved mean? Saved from hell. That's what saved means. We use that term. We use salvation. But sometimes we forget what it means. It means something real. It means we're saved from the pit of hell by the blood of Jesus Christ. Through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what the Easter celebration then ultimately is all about. Well, Satan twists the gospel. So, that he uses that as one of his missiles. The, the, the idea then of salvation becomes meaningless. I don't need to be saved if there's no hell. And if everybody's saved, right? Well, the the spirit, then we saw a great comparison in Galatians five, this idea of, well, we're called to live by the spirit. Well, the satanic attack is no, don't live by the spirit, live in the flesh. Live according to your own human desires. So you know what? Yolo, right? You only live once. So do whatever makes you happy. Try it. Just try it once. What harm could it do? Um, Live in, in the flesh. Experience it. If it makes you happy, then you should do it, right? Well, that's living in the flesh, not by the Spirit. Not living by the fruit of the Spirit. What about faith? How does Satan twist faith? Well... One of the great ways he twists faith is he attacks Christianity and tells us, you know what? You don't need the Old Testament. That's old. You don't need the Old Testament. We read from Joshua today that gives us an anchor of understanding of how we live. We've been talking about the Abrahamic covenant. That's in the Old Testament. What about David? He's in the Old Testament. Our examples that strengthen our theology, our doctrine, and our faith are in the Old Testament. Well, That's what anchors and gives us more strength, more faith. Remember in Hebrews 11, the heroes of the faith, all in the old Testament. Well, if you eliminate that, then you know what, just trust in yourself. You're pretty smart. No, you're not that smart. I'm not that smart. We're not that smart. One of the things that that just gets me to the core as a pastor, as somebody who's a servant of the Lord and I look at at the confrontation that Jesus would have on this earth with who mostly the Pharisees these are the guys who read and studied the law of the Lord and memorized scripture like you could not believe and you know what they were deceived they were deluded they didn't know what they were talking about well that's frightening That means we need to have a clear understanding because if they can be fooled then we can be fooled and then finally prayer like i mentioned prayer prayer gives confidence so you know what and prayer gives relationship so satan tries to break that satan doesn't want you communing with god if you pray to god you'll rely on god if you pray to god you'll have hope in god you'll have confidence in god you'll have trust in god well he doesn't want that and so that's how Satan attacks us, which is why then that's why we're given those things to guard and protect ourselves in this spiritual and literal warfare. This is the, the, the satanic missile strike force, right? If the, if this is our armor, the belt of truth, the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, if this is our armor well, then his missile attack is the reverse side of it. Right? So today we're going to continue on how to be strong. Ephesians 6.10 begins with finally, remember we're wrapping up Ephesians and Ephesians says this is how we're going to walk in a manner worthy of this calling, worthy of the death of Jesus Christ. He died for us. What can we do for him? Finally, then be strong. We can be strong. We can do it. Um, one of the interesting things that 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 I've found recently is, you know, this here's this relationship between Israel and us, right? Israel then is is takes on kind of a a picture of the church, and and here's Israel, and you know, throughout the Old Testament, Israel is in these battles and altercations with their surrounding neighbors, and at all times you have, well, you have kind of the, 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 the warriors of Israel, but most of the soldiers of Israel were just the people of Israel, the men of Israel. Well, isn't that a lot like us? We're not soldiers. We're not warriors as far as like, we're not in the army. We're not trained, but we are called to be soldiers in the battlefield, just like Israel as non soldiers, as as, as non warriors, we're still called to make a ready defense and so we can be strong how in the Lord we can have strength how of his might and again that that reminder of weak little David weak little David wasn't weak and little why because in the Lord in his might he was strong he had strength so put on the full armor of God why that you may be able to stand firm it's not to brag. It's not to boast. It's, you know what? You need to stand firm. Whoa! Well, why do I need to stand firm? Because we're in the middle of a battle. You're in the middle of a physical battle. You're in the middle of a spiritual battle. What do you mean? Well, put on your full armor that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Not just the devil, but his his scre- his schemes, the little bear traps that are all over the place. They're you traps. They're schemes that the devil's laid out there. Why? For verse 12, our struggle isn't against flesh and blood or better said, just flesh and blood, but against, and here we go. Here's a list. The rulers against the powers, Against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, that there's a spiritual warfare going on all around us. So be strong, verse 13, therefore take up your full armor, not just pieces. Oh, I'm just going to go out and my shorts flip-flops, and you know, I got my sword, I'm good. No, full armor armor, fully loaded. Why? Again, why? That you may be able to resist, resist in the evil day. Now take note of that. The day itself is evil. Not necessarily you, not necessarily the bear traps run. Just the day's evil. <laughs> Think about that for a second. You plan your days, and you know, you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you know, evil day, right? Well, you can resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. You see how many times we see stand firm, stand firm, stand firm, be strong. Okay, God's trying to tell us something. Verse 14 stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with the truth. So, we've been talking about the seven pieces of armor so we can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. First, the belt of truth, then the breastplate of righteousness. We shod our feet in the gospel peace, then we put on our helmet of salvation. We have the sword of the spirit. We have the shield of faith, and then we pray at all times. So, last week we talked about the first three, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and shodding our feet in the gospel. And today we continue with the fourth armor, the fourth piece of armor that enables us to stand firm against the devil's scheme. So we put on the helmet of salvation. We, we put the helmet of salvation on our heads, on our heads. Well, what's the helmet? The helmet then is, was made of, like I said, usually it was made of actually leather straps, and then maybe add a piece of metal on the, on the outer side to do what? You know, protect a little thing called your head, your face. Your, your, you know if you, if you, and, the, and these helmets would, would come along the ears, they would also have a back flap. Cause when you get in battle and you, you know, you start crossing the lines and people get behind you and stuff. And so they had a back flap So your neck was protected. Your ears were protected. You know, your whole head was protected because if you get, you know, a, a blow to the head with a sword, it's going to leave a mark. Um, these helmets are on. So you, the visions, uh, clear you, you're, they're still flexible. Well, David, Kind of showed us an example of of this idea, this concept of putting on the helmet of salvation. Now, did David put a helmet on? No. In fact, David took the helmet off. It wasn't about a physical helmet, it, it was about his spiritual helmet, which was of salvation. Salvation. David knew that he was of God. I'm on God's team. You know what that means? I am protected. I'm protected. I'm protected by salvation itself. I just let that sink in for a second because you're saved because, because Jesus has died for you because he was buried because he rose again and you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and have faith in that, that salvation gives you protection. Gives you protection, the protection of, of your head, of what's inside your head, which I hope is your mind. And so, David, when he goes out and he stands before the giant, he understands. I don't know what the heck I'm hearing. Some giant blaspheming the name of my God, yelling it out in front of all the other soldiers. All he can hear, all he can understand, is an attack against his God. And so because he's saved, he doesn't have any fear to this person, this little nine foot nine giant. It reminded me of, of in baseball In baseball, there's this bad habit that teams have. You know, teams. Though in baseball games, you'll play these things called series, where you'll play the same team like three times, or you'll play a doubleheader. And quite often, it will happen is you you know the other team, and they're pretty good, but it comes down to this one little interesting factor: who's the pitcher? See, the pitcher in baseball is so important. He he changes the whole complexion of the team. And so, if they have their number one pitcher, their their Goliath, their ace. He's like, well, who's pitching today? Their ace. Ooh. You mean Goliath, the undefeated guy? We can't beat him. And you can almost see teams get dejected just because they find out, well, who's pitching today? Well, see, David knows who's pitching. God's pitching. We win. So he has confidence. He has assurance. And he's ready to go to battle, just like uh, an athlete just like a baseball player knowing we've got our ace today. We're ready to go. And you can see guys, they, they have confidence and in, in they walk around taller because they're confident in the guy who's leading them. Well, God is leading us. Why? Well, because we've been saved. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says, reminds us, put on as a helmet, I love the phrase, the hope of salvation. Salvation gives us hope. Because we're saved, we have hope where we probably shouldn't have hope. But because we're saved, we do have hope. It works hand in hand. Turn with me to Romans 8. Romans 8.38. This is absolutely beautiful. And this is why we need to be in the word and comprehensively different books in in the word. Because you see how the, the, the Bible ties together. So in Romans 8, we see this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, now remember what we just read in Ephesians 6, nor angels, remember Satan is a evil angel, he's a rebellious angel, he's a fallen angel, for I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, remember that phrase we just Read in Ephesians 6. Nor the things present, nor the things to come, nor the powers. Remember that in Ephesians 6? Nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created shall be able to what? Separate us from the love of God. Why? Because we're saved. Because we have salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We don't make ourselves saved. We're saved by grace, through faith. It's a gift from God. Our salvation is from God. It's from Christ. It's in Christ. It's through our Lord. So, unable to stand firm against the schemes of the devil, we put on this, this protection of knowing, hey, nothing separates us from the love of God. Not the evil angels, not the principalities, not the powers. Isn't that interesting? Three times we see the, 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 the demonic forces in this passage in Romans. Romans being saved gives us security. Ephesians 8 or Ephesians 6 talks about look, be, be anxious don't don't be anxious. Be anxious for to, for nothing. For tomorrow will take care of itself. And so in in Matthew 6 turn back there real quick. Again we see how this practically lives out. Cuz that's the whole the whole point, right? This isn't just some like theoretical super spiritual exercise. No, this is our armor. This is how how we apply the armor. This is how salvation strengthens, strengthens us. Verse 26 of Matthew 6, Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, neither do they reap, nor do they gather in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than them? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan. You think you can save your life by being worried? No. And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. Isn't it cool to see the, the, what is it? The daffodils right now, The, the yellow flowers, just beautifully just popping up out of nowhere, right? They just boom. There they are. They don't toil. They don't spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so raised the grass of the field, which is alive today and thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you? Oh, men of little faith, have some faith. God saved you. God loves you. So the application, don't be anxious. saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? With what shall we clothe ourselves? Now, now, eating and drinking is kind of an important thing, right? If you don't eat and drink, what happens? Oh, you die. You know, it's, it's a little side note. So the idea of, and especially remember, this is a day and age where there's no like soup kitchen, there's no mission, there's no like, you know, stores on every corner. I mean, life is eating. And, and yet look at how it's portrayed. Don't be anxious about that. I take care of grass. Take care of birdies and lilies. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. For all these things, the Gentiles, look, men of God, people of God, men and women, children whom I've saved, don't think like the non-saved, the Gentiles. For your heavenly Father knows all your needs, but instead seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has its own trouble. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When you think about about your armor, think about seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. That's the tie-in. The, the tie-in is, is, well, you know, remember we talked about the, uh, uh, you know, the dim, 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 yeah, stuttering here, the mnemonic, see mnemonic, so I always see how it's spelled, and so it messes me up how I say it, because it's M-N, right? So the mnemonic thing here then is, again, using the armor to help us remember the breastplate of righteousness, but really what we need to remember is be righteous. Righteousness is the main part, not the breastplate. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Protection against the schemes to stand firm. Remember Romans 8, that beautiful picture in Romans 8 that shows how we've been spiritually adopted? We're orphans. We're, we're, We're orphans. Trying to wing it on our own on this earth, heading on a path for hell and destruction until Christ adopts us as our children. How? Through our saving faith, because He saved us. There's power in that. Psalm 147 says, The Lord then is our strength of our salvation our strength is because of our salvation. So there's no fear. So when you understand that, when you really understand that, when you walk out there, then you do have your helmet of protection because you understand that you're saved. And so when you're David, you walk out there and it's like, what, what's going on across the street? Some guys blaspheming my God, not on my watch. when when you're Daniel and you're in a lion's den, it's like, okay, whatever time to pray. When you're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there's no fear. And what? Fire. He's able. He wants to take me now. I'm good. I'm ready to go. If he doesn't want to take me, he's able. Is that your mindset? Because you understand as a child of God that nothing separates you from the love of God. and, and, And that because of that, he is able. Because he is our strength. Because of sweet salvation. What a gift. It's not just that he saves us from the pit of hell, but he walks us through the process of life too. Well the fifth piece of armor to stand firm against the devil's schemes is we put on the sword of the spirit. We put on the sword of the spirit. Well that's an important piece. Verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Just to be clear, we're not talking about the the picture the symbol of the sword we're talking about the literal word of God is your sword, right? So we're to understand that a sword, which was the, the offensive weapon for a soldier, it's a lightweight, flexible, it's precise. And it's in its use, very sharp, very deadly. It's a weapon. It's a offensive weapon. Well, but we also see this, this, the sword of the Spirit. We see two things here. We see the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So let's look at the Spirit first. Well, we've been talking about the power of the Spirit. We've been talking about some Old Testament figures, David, Daniel. In Exodus 14, 14, remember... Exodus is Israel exodusing, leaving Egypt, right? So, so Israel, the people of Israel have been under bondage for 400 years. Now they're leaving Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land, Israel. But along the way, along the path, well, there's other nations, other countries that aren't quite sure they want 2 million people walking through their land. And aren't quite sure why two million people are walking their way. Are these do? Are they coming for peace? Are they coming for war? Are they coming to settle in our land? Or are they just going on to Enumclaw? They're not sure what's going on. This was always a much easier explanation uh, when I was in LA. When I was in LA and ministering to you know gangbangers, well they understood this clearly. You don't walk on my turf. You don't walk through my my street, my block. For nothing. They're, they're, they, they got this. It's like, this is my territory, my turf. You want to get from, from you know, Issaquah to Enumclaw? Go around. You're not going through Ravensdale. I don't care what your problem is. My turf. And if you come and step foot on my turf, then we will deal with you. They understood that too. We don't understand that. We're like, what's the problem? What's the big deal? Israel just got set free from Egypt and they want to go to home to Israel. Guess what? Somebody else lives in Israel. Get this wrapped around your mind. 400 years. Do you know how old America is? Not 400 years. See, things have changed since the first people came to America and settled, right? Things have changed in America. Well, things have changed in Israel too. And the people around Israel aren't quite that excited like we are. And so, Israel is going to have to fight some of these people. And God is going to be their leader. Why? Because God has a plan for Israel. God made a covenant with Israel. That covenant was he was going to give them land in the land of Israel, the nation of Israel's uh, the, the Hebrews at this time. And so the Lord says in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight the battles. Deuteronomy 24, the Lord fights against his enemies. Those against God are enemies of God. Those against God are enemies of God. It's another concept we have to get Wrapped in our minds if, if you're not a follower of God if you're if you're not bowing the knee before the throne of God Then you are an enemy of God Flat out that doesn't mean we're mean to people In fact, we, we have the the benefit of no we we want to love them. We want to convert them We want to bring them on our side, right? But understand where their position is right now. So in Joshua 1 9 When when Israel is getting ready to, in in earnest, go do battle, what are, what are are they told? Be strong and courageous. That makes sense. Getting ready to go fight. Be strong and courageous. Thanks for the pep talk. Thanks for the motivation. I love it. But what does that mean? I'm not sure I know what that means. Be strong or, or should we go like, you know, pump some iron, you know, before we go fight. Uh, how do I get courageous? Where does that come from? Do I take a pill? No. Be strong, courageous. How? By 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 studying the law of the Lord. By studying the law of Moses. Well, that's weird. Hey, we're getting ready to go uh, go do battle, right? Just imagine. Here's Ukraine. They're getting ready. You know, here comes Israel. Or here comes Russia. They're going. You know what we need to do to get ready for battle? Let's go read the Bible. Let's go have a Bible study. That sound like a good strategy? That's the strategy of Joshua. You guys need to double down and understand the word. Understand the word and obey it. And then you know what? That'll help you to be strong and courageous. Hmm. If you practice and apply... God's precepts, they are hand in hand. We see this in Joshua, especially Joshua 3:10, we see this living God who's among them the people, and they had this other thing called the ark of the covenant. You guys remember that? The ark of the covenant. So 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 they've got the ark of the covenant and it's with them. Well, what did the ark of the covenant represent? Well, The Ark of the Covenant was what was in the middle of their tabernacle. It was in the middle of their tent. They didn't have a big stone temple at this time. But in the middle of their temple worship, in the middle of their tent, they had the Holy of Holies. It's behind this wall over here, right? You guys can't go in there. Once a year, the high priest goes in there, makes atonement. Well, what's back there is the Ark of the Covenant. And, And part of the... Design of the Ark of the Covenant, these two angels which sit on the mercy seat, and the Spirit of God hovers over the Ark right there in the Holy of Holies. Why? Because God is with them. In spirit, God is with them. And they take this Ark with them to battle. In Joshua six, the walls of Jericho. You guys remember that? The walls of Jericho, they have big walls. You can't get in the city of Jericho because they got big walls. That's their protection. So what does Israel do? Well, again, what any sound you know, general would do for military, march around in a circle around the walls carrying an ark. That'll do it, right? The ark is what housed the spirit of God. The spirit of God was the general of Israel. He was leading the army of Israel spiritually and literally. And the walls of Jericho came down. God, God is the sword in spirit. He's the offensive weapon the X factor, in spirit, right? We, we see this throughout the Old Testament. We saw it in so many battles, uh, Joshua 8 and the battle of Ai. We also see it in judgment. goes back to Exodus 32, 28, when, when Moses is off and he's with God and the people of Israel, after they'd just been released from Egypt, after they just witnessed you know, 10 plague miracles. They just walked through uh, the Red Sea. They just saw the entire army, the greatest army in the history of the world, the Egyptian army, chariots, weapons, just running around in circles and then getting drowned by the water. After that, you know what they do? They make an old molten image and worship a false God. Why? Well, some of them had the idea, because they've been in, in Egypt for 400 years, and some of those practices and beliefs and ideas had seeped into Israel. Well, God then tells the priests, now there needs to be judgment, and it's the Lord who, who smote them. It's the Lord who, through the sword, judges Israel. Well now in 1 Corinthians 6:19 we see that our body is the temple of the Holy spirit. So bringing this back together. Now verse 18 or, or verse 17, the sword, the sword, our offensive weapon of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, the sword of God is the word of God. So we understand spiritually how, how God is connected in this battle. Well, what about the word? Well, the word should not be anything new to us. In fact, we start with Hebrews four twelve that the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword, right? Got a direct connection there. Also remember we, we began the, the armor of God with the, the belt of truth, right? And the belt held everything together and the belt also held this neat little thing they call the sheath that holds the sword right? And so the word of God is then directly connected with the truth. The truth is the word of God. And so when we do spiritual battle, we're trying to understand what is right and what is wrong. Well, we need the sword, which is the word, the word. The Bible is the absolute essential, absolutely essential to our lives. We know nothing outside of scripture. We're, we're going to talk about this in, in the upcoming weeks. as so we take a, a, some special series to again, directly address, but at the core of everything is scripture. Um, I, I'm not here to make up, you know what? I've got an idea. Here's some, here's a clever little way to, to fight your spiritual battles. Here, here here's the, the armor of God. No, this is, this is God telling us, This is God laying it out for us. What, why would we deviate from God's plan and God's word? Well, again, that's all part of Satan's plan and Satan's strategy, right? And so the word, the word is our offensive weapon. We saw how Jesus used that when he was being attacked directly by Satan. Satan would attack him. Jesus would stab back with the word. Adam and Eve did not do that, and they succumbed to the lies of Satan. 2 Timothy 3, 15, 16, again, reminds us all scripture is God-breathed. This is God's word, not the word of man. Again, Joshua 1.8 says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. Not only meditate on it day and night, but also observe and do. Don't just read it. You got to do it. You got to live it. You got to follow it. You got to obey it. That's your, your, that's your, your, your sword. 2 Timothy 2.15 reminds us that we study to show ourselves approved. 1 Peter 3.15, so that we use this as our ready defense. De- defense against what? Isn't that weird language for the Bible thumpers in the room, right? Bible thumpers in the room. This is what we need to do. You need to be ready to make a defense. Are we playing basketball? we using this for for defense on basketball. This is defending ourselves, not, not on a debate stage. Defending ourselves against the schemes of the devil. Against the battle that we're in in life. We use... The word to, to make our defense. Um, Colossians 3 16, 17. Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you in wisdom. There's a lot of people out in the world who think they're pretty clever and pretty smart. So they redefine things, right? Redefine things that are pretty clear and now they're, they're changed and redefined. Well, um, Somebody's right and somebody's wrong here. What's the true wisdom? What's the true truth? Well, the Word of God tells us that. We're to desire it. Do you desire God's Word what, like a newborn baby does milk? Is this like I, I have to get into the Word? I, I, can't, I, I had a great roommate. Love the guy. He, he's just just a normal kid like me. About two steps ahead of me in faith it wasn't like he you know was a you know been a christian forever and and he used to just he had to get in the word he had to start the day in the word um, and he would bring me in and and we would get in the word together but he could not start his day w- without being in the word it was annoying at times and i wasn't quite ready for that but that was the best thing that i ever did spiritually and we were ready and the craziest thing, I think I've shared this before, was when we weren't roommates the next year and we still kept up the same pattern, but separately of, of reading the Word every day. We played baseball together. He'd go, you didn't read the Word today, did you? Oh, that made me mad. <laughs> you know why it made me mad? Because he was right. Every time. It's like, come on. But I, I, I was going out and I wasn't bad already wasn't ready to make a defense. I, I, but we have to have that desire. First Corinthians 1:18, again, that tie into salvation. The word of cr- the cross is to those who are perishing, foolishness. Jesus dying on the cross, being buried, raising it on, on the third day is just crazy talk to those who aren't in the Lord. but to those who are saved. To those who are being saved, it's the power of God. It's the power of God. The Word of God is our power. It's our strength. And so the sword of the Spirit then, our offensive weapon, is the Word of God. The best defense in sports sometimes is more offense. Right, the the saying in sports is the best, the the best defense is you know is defense, right? No, sometimes you got to put the offensive pedal to the metal, especially if the rules of the game are changing, and so we have to be offensive. Well, our our only offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit of the word. Remember the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit was left behind. Jesus is leaving the earth. Jesus, you can't go. We need you, Jesus. Stay here. Lead us. Guide us. Protect us. No, 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 no. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach you and remind you. Right? The Holy Spirit will teach you and remind you. The Holy Spirit John 16:8 will also convict you that little voice, that little feeling in your heart, I probably shouldn't do this. This isn't the right thing. No, no, that, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. The more verses, the more word that you have, it, it's it's like a quiver. You know what a quiver is, right? The 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 little the little basket that holds your arrows. If you were going out, you know I always thought if I was going out to battle, maybe it's because, you know, my, my Mexican background, but I always love the idea of if I was going out to battle with my guns, you know, I'd have the two guns on, on both hips and definitely, you know, the Mexican, the crossed bullets thing gone, right? So well, why would I have like six bullets? I want like bullets, bullets, head-bounded bullets, you know, bullets everywhere, right? That, that's how, well, if it was quivers, if it was arrows, I would want like, you know, I don't want like a little basket like this. It's like ten arrows. I don't want ten arrows. I want thousands of arrows. Thousands of them. I don't know exactly how the word of God is going to be helpful for me today, but it will. It, maybe it'll help me, me in my marriage. Maybe it'll help me be kinder. Maybe it'll help me to, to apologize. Maybe it'll help me to to seek for peace and be a peacemaker. Be gentle. Maybe that's the way, or maybe it'll just give me wisdom. Maybe, maybe there's, you know what, there's a, um, a way to lie, steal or cheat. And I need to be honorable even though I could probably get away with it, but God sees it. Right? I mean, there's so many different ways, or maybe I just feel a little shaky. I, you know what? Um, I need some strength. I, I, I need some confidence. I need some hope. And then I remember, and what I traditional do is I'll go back to Genesis and just start, okay, Adam and Eve and, and, and you know, just start thinking about the different ways that God has protected His people. And you know come to that, that example, it's like, yeah, that guy. That's like exactly what's going on with me right now. And you just anchor in and remember. And so the more verses are the more arrows in your quiver. Look, the word puts me in the spirit and the spirit points me back to the word. The word puts me in the spirit. If you feel like you're operating in the flesh, if you feel like you're going out there just on your own, get in the word, get into the word that will get you into the spirit the spirit's going to drive you to the, if you, how do I know if I'm in the spirit? If you're in the spirit, then like a newborn babe, you're probably going to be desiring more word. People who read the Bible, people who study the Bible, you know what they like to do? Read the Bible and study the Bible. They can't get enough. They can't get more. Talk to somebody who's read the Bible a couple times and study. You know what they'll say? I don't know. I, I, I don't know anything. I need to know more. The more you study, the more you realize how much you don't know. I, I say this with, with all humility to my shame, and, and I'm, I'm not that smart. I, I can go and I can study things that I've got highlighted, underlined, and circled. And it's like, I, I've never seen this before. It's like, I've done that. I can go and look at files and papers that I did in, in seminary. It's like, I, I don't remember. I don't remember that. You, you need to constantly recirculate in the word. It's just keep going, keep going, stay in the word. This then is your spiritual armor. It, 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 it's, it's not a helmet. It, it's not a, a shield or a little breastplate. It, it, it's about seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and anchoring in on then what real truth is. If you know truth, then you can battle Satan and his chaotic attacks. If you are pursuing righteousness, seeking righteousness, being moral, understanding and following God's rules of morality, you're not going to have the misery of the consequences of disobedience from unrighteousness. When, when, when you understand what the gospel is, it's not about you. You didn't save yourself. You didn't do anything to save yourself. You're saved by grace through faith. And there is only one way to the Father. And that's through the Son. So all these other voices, all these other, hey, there's a new way to get to heaven. There's a new way to get to Jesus. There's no new way. This has been standard operating procedure for eternity. For eternity. It doesn't change. Salvation, sweet salvation, helps us. Helps us to understand. Helps us to to have our mind right. We have to fight to to be in the spirit. God has done everything he can possibly do to set us up for success. But we can hold him off, right? Right? Just just think of a personal relationship that, that you, if, if you don't talk to them, if you don't call them, if you don't text them, if you don't email them, if you don't write them a letter, then the people you know and love just drift off, right? There's no relationship. We have to be in the Spirit. And that keeps us close and tight. And that helps strengthen our faith. It goes back and forth. Being in the Word strengthens our faith. And then that will give you confidence because be sure we're in a battle. We are in a battle. Maybe you just came out of one. Maybe we're getting ready to go into one. Maybe things are going pretty good for you, but ask some of the gray haired people or people that don't even have hair. um, Life is not just a bowl of peaches. Life will get tough, but you don't have to fear that. In fact, In fact, the satanic missile strike force that's coming at you can be defended. It can be defended. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for giving us hope, for giving us strength, for giving us confidence because of the true word of God. There's absolute clarity and so father we're so thankful that we don't just put armor on and off but we live with our armor continuously on help us lord to to be strong help us to be um, persistent in understanding that that there's a battle and that we we do need protection, that we can't fight it on our own, that you are greater than our enemy, but we need you. And so, Lord, we're thankful, we're so thankful that because of what you've done, nothing can separate us from your hand, that you, you have our back. And so, we live by faith, but that faith is strong. That faith is full of hope. That, that faith is, is filled with assurance. And that faith gives us conviction. And so, Lord, we live boldly, strongly, and firmly. And we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.